Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. And I'm really excited to be focusing on food. Um, of course, um, the Smart Choice Cookbook um, has been released again. We've we've seen um, a few editions, um, and Be Well has collaborated with Cancer to create the the cookbook, and it's packed with cancer preventing recipes. Um, and um, we also know that um, the recipes were developed in consultation with Megan Pence Klutz, and uh, Megan has joined us today to talk about the book. So, Megan, welcome and Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It's really lovely to be with you. So, Megan, I am correct when I say that there are quite a, a number of editions of this Smart Choice Cookbook. Yes, well, we've just relaunched it. So it's just making people aware again and bringing them back to the importance of nutrition in helping to reduce the risk of cancer. Okay, and this you've and you have um, connected um, with uh, Be Well. If you can just speak to that, yes, that's right. So what actually happened was um, we know that there are certain foods that do play a role in helping to reduce the risk of cancer, and we do have at Cancer what we call the Cancer Smart Seal of Recognition, and then we look at foods and we assess them accordingly, and obviously look at the latest in science and evidence. And we were able to determine that something like canola oil actually does have um, fats in such as omega-3. And omega-3 has been shown to be beneficial because it's what we call anti-inflammatory. So it helps to reduce things like inflammation in the body. And hence, that became one of cancer's smart choice, you know, cancer seal of recognition products and BeWell became one of our partners. And then we thought one of the most important things was to make it simple for the South African population. And we brought out the Smart Choice Cookbook, which then looks at, you know, incorporating these types of foods, one being obviously your your uh, canola seed oil, into recipes in a simplistic way for the entire family. Love that. I, I absolutely love that. So let's look at some of these foods. Let's talk about some of the recipes and some of the foods. You talk about certain foods that can lower cancer risk. Um, so what foods, you mentioned the omega-3s, but what foods are we looking at? Um, and what foods can increase cancer and additional illnesses? Yes, that's a very valid question. So it, the, the good news is, is that we should be cooking at home. If we are, what we often find is we tend to use more whole foods. So especially going and moving towards our plant-based foods. So to give people an idea there, these are all foods that are really great for us. So looking at whole grains, you know, looking at the, the, the foods that are not refined, in other words, full of good fiber, which means then they're also good, they contain a lot of what we call antioxidants, which also help to basically improve our immunity and fight against um, 
different diseases. So your whole grains, including things like perhaps oats, for example, your whole grain type breads, you're looking at um, whole grain cereals, you're then moving towards things like brown rice, you're looking at your, your legumes like your chickpeas and your lentils, bringing those, all of those in. So you can see the, the plant-based and the whole foods, then going towards your whole veggies. So for some of us, depending on where we live, sometimes we can't always get as many fresh ones as we want, but that's not a problem as long as they're whole. So if it's a frozen one or it's a fresh one, you, you, you know, it's important to rather look at taking in sufficient amounts on a daily basis. And then, of course, our fresh fruit or our frozen fruit as well, if you prefer to make something like a smoothie. And then, of course, the very important thing is then bringing in as part of your plant-based diet good vegetable oils, oils that have a higher content of omega-3, um, and that can be things like your flaxseed oils, um, like, of course, your canola seed oils, and then, of course, your olive oils, your um, extra virgin olive oils, which are very high in, in your monounsaturated fats. So those are all you know, the, the plant-based part of our diet. It doesn't mean we can't have animal fats. That's still an important part when I say, well, animal fats, well, animal foods, um, that would be things like your lean meat, your skinless chicken, your eggs, for example, then moving through to your dairy, like yogurt, milk, etc. So that comes in because we do need good sources of protein as well, but we want to focus on mostly plants and whole foods. And then, of course, how we Prepare them is very important. So we don't want to deep fry. And saying all of this, these are all the things we want to do, and this is what's in the recipe book, and we make it simple with a, a breakfast, lunch, supper options, as well as uh, snacks. But then moving over to, as you mentioned, Nanaki, the, the foods that we should maybe be a bit more cautious in, in, in taking in on a, on a regular basis, foods that tend to uh, have a negative effect on our health, especially foods that are very high um, in sugar. Then we're looking especially at drinks, our fizzy type drinks, too many fruit juices. Of course, very importantly as well, is anything that's refined, that's removed all that good fiber from our diet or from the actual food stuff. So what you often see is a processed food. We tend to refer to that as like an ultra-processed food. Giving examples would be things like too many biscuits or sweets or chocolates or chips. Those are the ones together with many of the fast food options like pizzas and, you know, um, uh, like your, your, your chips or the slop chips as everyone calls them. Those are ones we really should be limiting and should only be a now and again type of food. Okay. All right. I've written a whole lot of notes and I need you to break down a few things. Sure. Um, just so we all understand it because that was fantastic. And now let's go to some of the questions I have. So when you talk about whole foods, what, what are whole foods? So whole foods are basically, and particularly that's where we refer mostly to foods that have very little processing. So sometimes, you know, we must also remember that some processing could be like cooking. That's not a bad method of processing. But when processing means breaking down the food, like, for example, let's take um, whole grains. You're making it into a flour. You're removing the actual grains. So you make it into a white flour. A lot of the, the, the grain that you've removed or the, the, the whole grain itself contains lots and lots of good vitamin B. 
but now you've removed it. By doing that, you basically also affect how it, it, it actually influences the body and how it can also spike our blood sugar levels. And it doesn't offer us that good fiber that we're looking for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fantastic. So let's say, for example, you mentioned limit your slug chips or your pizzas. Now, if you had to, and that's obviously, you know, if you, if you're getting takeaways. Now, let's say you decide to make your own pizzas at home. And so instead of using the processed, uh, white flour, you go for a whole flour. Um, or you use maybe, um, some other kind of flour which doesn't have gluten at all. And then you use whatever ingredients you want and you can use your, as many vegetables that you want. Would, is that then more appropriate? And would you then say that that would be more of a whole food, like what you put on the pizza? I'm just trying to, you know, Absolutely. be clear about, so, so as you're saying, a lot of it, you mentioned it, a lot of it cooking at home. When you're cooking at home, it's so much better. Absolutely. So uh, I often mention is that something like exactly that, the bases, if we can make them a little bit more whole grain, um, to make life a little bit easier because everyone's got hectic programs, especially this time of the year. I often say, do something like a whole wheat wrap where you use that as a base. You then use something like your tomato based, uh, you know, put that the tomato base onto the pizza. You can have a little bit of cheese. Just don't grace the mounds of cheese on that you usually would. And then load it with veggies, you know, veggies that you enjoy. So that's great, you know, by adding that into to your pizza, you definitely can. And then I, you know, be a bit more adventurous with flavor. Some people would have like maybe a little bit more pesto, um, you know, instead of adding too much in terms of salt, you can add your pepper, but you don't want to add loads of salt. South Africans have more than double the amount of salt intake on a daily basis, according to, you know, um, the, the, the research. So we really need to be careful because that is linked to things like high blood pressure and heart disease. And of course, that also, you know, uh, high salt affects the, the, the intestines and then affects things like cancer. So you can still have very tasty food and you can still enjoy it. And you, then by just controlling things that you probably would have a lot of if you just went out and got a takeaway. Okay, fantastic. We do, unfortunately, Megan, we live in a world where, right, it's so much is convenient um, foods, convenient eating. Um, but I, I think, and that's what I love about this book, is that it doesn't have to be difficult. And as you said, you can just put a few things together and have the pizza, do it yourself, um, be smart when you go shopping, um, and really aim for that, really aim for that. So I, I wanted to just ask you also about the fats, monounsaturated fat, if you can just break that down for our audience as well, and then maybe we can focus. You did mention um, over-processed foods and sugars, but maybe we can just go a little to chat a little bit more about um, foods that increase cancer and additional illnesses. As I said, even though you spoke about the refined stuff, maybe we can speak a little bit more to that. But Megan, let's just take a quick break. Um, and after the break, you can first break down the different oils, if that's okay. Please stay with okay. us. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome back to the DL Link Show on 101.9 High FM. Um, I'm chatting to Megan Pence Clitz or Clack. I'm sorry, Megan, maybe you can just tell me how to pronounce your surname. Not a problem. It's Megan Pence Clitz. 
Plates, fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, nutritional sciences um, uh, at the Cancer Nutrition and Dietetics. She's a consultant there, um, and um, she helped put together um, this Smart Choice Cookbook in collaboration with Be Well. And so, Megan, you're just breaking everything down beautifully for us. Thank you so much. Let's look at fats. They're good fats. They're bad fats. Which yes. is which? Okay. So that's a, I think can confuse people quite a lot. So let me try and simplify it. When we look at fats, firstly, fats have a place in our diet. Please don't not eat fats, but there are fats that are better for us. And we need to basically focus on those more often. So the first difference is, is when you're looking at fats and oils, the types, the one that you might often remember because we see it when we walk in the store in the frozen section or in the, the chilled section rather with, uh, is the polyunsaturated fats. Then you've got, now if you look at the polyunsaturated fats, they made up of two different types of fats. The one is called omega-6 and the other one is called omega-3. Now omega-6, um, is Quite, we get a lot of omega-6 in the Western-type diet. So we don't really want to load our uh, our diet with too much omega-6. And we don't always have enough omega-3. But omega-3 has quite a bit of benefit. So under our polyunsaturated fats, we want to go for omega-3. What is that in terms of food? So you start looking at things like um, incorporating your oily fish, which is great. And, of course, there we start looking at things like your flax seeds. You start also looking at something like walnuts and your canola seed oils. Those are all just examples of foods that are higher in omega-3 polyunsaturated fats. Then we get another fat, which we call our monounsaturated. And the way I always remember that is because mono always makes me think of Mediterranean. So you start thinking of things like your extra virgin olive oils, and you start thinking of things like your avocados. So these are also very beneficial um, fats, and they have been shown to also help, just like your omega-3 in your polyunsaturated fats, to reduce the incidence of disease. So these are fats that we should be focusing on a little bit more often. Then the fats that we need to be a little bit more cautious of is the fats that we call saturated fats. Now, they're more typically harder fats, and they also got like a really nice creamy texture, so we are drawn to them. And when you look at packaged foods, you'll often see that some of the packaged foods um, have a higher content of saturated fats to give us that lovely mouthfeel. But unfortunately, that, together with things like, you know, ghee and lard, um, and also when we look at saturated fats, the fat in the meat, you know, we have a, they all are a higher content of saturated fats. So we need to reduce those types of fats in our diet because they are not as beneficial when it comes to overall health and reducing disease. Wow, thanks, Megan. So, so the saturated fats are a lot of them are the animal fats. That's what you would find. That's as you say, cream. You'd find it in a lot of your cheeses and fat in the meats. That's the saturated. So, if you had to break up, uh, 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 break down, because I know that um, in the Be Well, the Smart Choice Cookbook, you you have a bit of a breakdown um, yeah. of the typical the fats um, and the fatty acid values in in different oils. So, if you had to look at and as I said, you explained it so well, polyunsaturated, monounsaturated, and saturated. In terms of 
percentages or in terms of if you want to put, I don't know, milliliters or whatever per day, how, how should one break that up? Well, the most important thing is that the majority of it should come. So, you, so for every time you're going to have something that might have, contain a little bit of saturated fat, maybe try and have double the amount that comes from something like a monounsaturated or polyunsaturated omega-3 fat. So really cut back. And the easiest way to do that is to try and load half your plate with things like fruit and veggies. And then when you do choose something that contains like a little bit of oil or fat in your meal, then try and make it something like adding avocado and adding maybe a salad dressing that has things like either your canola or your olive oil. And minimizing your saturated would be then maybe a quarter of your plate can be something like your lean meat sources. Because uh, then immediately, just by doing that, you are really cutting back quite substantially and you're doing a really good job. And if you're going to incorporate, let's say, into your salad something like cheese, then cut back a little bit more on the meat, you know, because what we often do is we all love a Greek salad. So we just like load it with all the feta cheese and um, we say, well, that's a salad. But it's not necessarily a bad thing to have. It's just that be cautious if you're still going to be having something extra that you either make it something like a lean source of meat and you cut back a little bit on something like your feta and load it a bit more with something like your um, avocado. I see. I see. Thank you. Um, Marion sent a message and she, she said, why does canola oil, um, often get bad press? That's her question. Yeah, I think that's a good one. So there has been, what they look at, when they look at canola seed oil, there has been talk that, you know, in the past that, that you're looking at what we call rapeseed oil and people liken it to rapeseed oil, which contains something called uricic acid, which isn't good for you. But canola is actually totally separate. And um, we also do know our South African canola oil is also GMO-free. And what is important is when we're looking at the refining process of any oil, people often say but that reduces things like your antioxidants. But we know that in our, uh, our local canola oil, we do find antioxidants. And we do find the benefit of your omega-3, it being, you know, one of the oils that has the highest omega-3 content. It also, which is good, has a quite, it's quite stable. If you're going to do something like, you know, in terms of heating. So if you can do something like a stir fry, because we don't really recommend deep fat frying, then, you know, your oil actually stays more stable and you have less chance of, you know, a bad fat. We call it trans fat forming, which is what you're wanting. So yes, there has been that whole those hoax mails that were sent around a few years ago and they keep on popping up. But we now today have good evidence that it actually is beneficial for health. And there's enough research to show that it is, it is safe and good. Mm, there, there we go, Marion, uh, from Megan and uh, good to know and good to hear. What are your thoughts on coconut oil? So in terms of coconut oil, I think it's very popular from a taste perspective. Um, a few years ago, I think the, the whole marketing thing did supersede the actual science. And if you go and you look at um, the New Zealand Heart and Stroke Foundation, they really investigated it quite well. And they said, well, it does contain a high content of saturated fat, meaning that we do still need to be careful about how much we have. Um, people often are using it because of the flavor and stability, but unfortunately it does contain saturated fat. And 
incorporating other fats into the diet, as people often do, that it really increases your total or a total intake of saturated fats. So the recommendation is, if you like that type of flavor, is to cut back and rather have half-half of whatever other oil that has a higher omega-3, for example, hormone unsaturated fat content, and use a little bit less coconut. And the same thing is if you once in a while are cooking something like a curry and you're wanting to have a bit of coconut, you know, flavor in it, you can also go for some coconut uh, oil or coconut milk versus coconut cream because then you also lower the saturated fat content. Oh, yeah. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Um, also, just before the break, I said, um, I asked the question and you had answered, you know, part of the question when it came to what foods increase cancer and additional illnesses. Um, you did speak about, um, you know, highly, um, processed foods and sugars and fizzy drinks and whatever. We're going to take a quick break, Megan, but just, just one more thing very quickly. If you can just focus on, um, yeah, the, the foods that really have been found to not be good for your health. Um, so a little bit more specific, if that's okay. A quick break, we'll be right back. Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. Well, welcome back to the show. Um, we're talking food. We're looking at um, eating the right food, preventing the wrong food. Um, I have Megan Pence-Klitz on the show today. We're talking uh, uh, very specifically um, about the Smart Choice Cookbook filled with really, really delicious recipes and what I love about this, as, as Megan said, is, you know, it's been put together, um, with eating healthily in mind, as in getting the right foods in order to promote good health. Um, with, I mean, everything is, yeah, I get hungry every time I, I look at it. It looks rather delicious. Um, so Megan, before the break, I just said, can you point to specific foods that are really, really not good that we should be avoiding? Sure. So uh, as we've chatted a little bit earlier, let's start with foods that are incredibly high in sugar. So our fizzy drinks have been shown again and again, especially people tend to drink a lot of them, and they are incredibly high in sugar. Um, and, and what about and what about the ones that aren't high in sugar? So, so besides the sugar content in those fizzy drinks, the colorants, the the flavorants, the all of those things. So, people who are saying, "Oh, well, that's okay," because I don't have the fizzy drink that's got sugar in it. Yes. So there, are the you know, some of the jury is still out. There's a lot more evidence coming in when it comes to artificial sweeteners, and um, so in, in we still do recommend that people reduce their intake of it but the particularly the sugar is linked uh, to the increased incidence of obesity and obesity is often linked to the increased risk of cancer yeah. or certain cancers so that is the one reason particularly and then of course the how it affects your blood sugar level um is not beneficial. It can also spike the blood sugar level, which causes a little bit more inflammation in the body. Uh, then when we're getting, like you say, all the different artificial colorants, lots of evidence is coming through that there's great caution at this point in time. Um, it is still linked to quantity. It's not saying nothing at all, but quantity is um, also what the World Health Organization spoke about early this year when we spoke about 
um, drinks that have less sugar or no sugar in them, and they've used alternative sweetening methods. Um, and then the other foods you, you're looking at is our ultra-processed foods. So if you're looking at things like your pies, which are very high in uh, fat, they then also do contain often meat, and we have a lot of saturated fat. Then you're moving over to your fast foods, and then the, the methods of cooking become very important. So now you start looking, as we mentioned earlier, things like your slop chips or even your crisps that you find that are processed. So anything that's ultra-processed, but have added lots of salt, lots of sugar, some of the ways that also help us to identify it is if you're looking on the ingredient list and there are ingredients that you do not know or cannot identify or there are lots of ingredients that indicate something like sugar or fats, particularly when you're looking at sugar, remember anything that ends in O-S-E, which would be things like glucose or fructose or sucrose, they often contain more added sugars. So we need to be cautious of those. Then you've got particularly alcohol. We know today that alcohol is actually what we call a carcinogen. In actual fact, it's a cancer-forming uh, uh, no, product. And so we do not recommend alcohol either. Very often today, people are also eating more and more salted foods, foods that are naturally salted, salted fish. We know it's also like a processed method where we are looking at even from um a lot of salt that's been added to actually preserve foods. So a high salt intake is not beneficial. And then many of the South Africans are going to sit up straight when I say the next one because all South Africans braai. And when the meat is charred, it also unfortunately does increase our risk. So today the most important thing with that is to control the quantity um, of, of uh, meat that you have at a brine. Try and reduce the amount of time it's spent on the brine. You can do a little bit of pre-cooking um, and then put it on the brine for a slightly shorter period and not get too much charring. And then your portion size plays a role. And an added benefit, we know that if you add more plant foods, like a nice big salad, maybe some potato or sweet potato, um, butternut into your meal where you're having your braai, it helps to dilute that effect that's caused by that charred meat and the, the development of what we call hydrocarbons in our gut, which then helps to reduce the effect or the negative effect it would have on our health. So when you have a braai, choose a smaller portion, meat not as long on the braai, and load it with your veggies um, and your salads to help reduce, you know, the, the, the negative side effects of these foods that we know. I think, I think that's the best message this time of the year, Megan. Because we have to finish, but I, I, so much of what you're saying is common sense. We yeah. know it. We've heard yeah. it. But we just have to implement it. And for me, you know, it's not an all or nothing. There's the and and the and and finding the balance. You having your holidays coming up, have your bride, but as you've said, not and then add the fruits and the veggies. Megan, thank you so much for joining us. Um, We really do appreciate your time and the wonderful tips and information that you shared with us. We appreciate it. Take care and goodbye. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Bye-bye. And thank you so much for tuning in. A pleasure, a delight, and a joy. For me, Nikki Seberini, until next week, take care and goodbye.